The lights might do a little dance tonight One time for the night time One time for my town The lights might do a little dance tonight One time for the night time One time for my town The lights might do a little dance tonight Hello and welcome to the wonderful podcast. I am Bart Campolo, the humanist chaplain at the University of Southern California and the only guy you can count on to be on this show all the time. But for this first program, I've got my son Roman. Roman Campolo, the youngest of the Campolo clan, here to spew my knowledge about the meaning of life. Wow, that's that's inspiring. Listen Um, man, I know a lot. Listen, I actually invited Roman in because of all the people that I talk to about this stuff, he is the most reliably difficult and obstreperous. And so I'm hoping that there'll be some, you know, some natural tension since there's just always tension. I don't, I don't know if there'll be tension this time. Here's what I want to talk to you about. I I know you have things you want to talk about, but there's something I have to, I've been thinking about all day. All right, what's on your mind? Okay, well, yesterday I was hanging out with Fitz. Uh, the guy I make music with, we we grind together night after night. We're making music. We're trying to make a career out of it. And we were he he was sort of, he's older than me. He's like 26. I'm 22. And he was talking about how he's he's starting to feel like life, like he's missing it. He's like, we've had arguments before where I've talked to him like I I feel like sometimes I'm too just always thinking about the future. Everything is about where I need to get. And every day I wake up and the feeling I get in my stomach. Whether it's good, it's good if I, for whatever reason, the first rush of thoughts that hit me, hits me, makes me think, oh, I'm on my way to where I need to be. And I have this to do today and that'll get me closer to my goals and I'll be rich soon. And, you know, and if, if for whatever reason I feel behind, like the other day was my 22nd birthday. I was like, oh, now I'm older and I, I'm not further along than I was yesterday. The clock is ticking. Right. The clock is ticking. And it's just stressful. And he's 26. He's been in that state for longer than I have. And... And he and he was he was talking about what, what he specifically talked about is his ex girlfriend and how she uh, you know she visited him a while back and he he was trying to remember yesterday like wait what did we do during that visit and he feels like his mind is so full with like worries and plans for the future that like moments that he would consider important are passing and they're not they're not sinking in the way he he wants them to they're not living as moments in the way that he feels like they should be. And I'm having the same experience. And it's like, I want to be able to live in the moment. He wants to be able to live in the moment, but it seems like our survival is contingent upon constantly thinking about the future, planning for the future, avoiding downfalls that, you know, could be coming. And like, I, I have no idea what to do about that. Cause then, you know, we had that conversation and last night it was like, Oh, we're enlightened. And then I wake up this morning and I'm like panic. What am I doing? How do I, how am I going to get up money? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, first of all, most of our lives are lost to us. Like, even the greatest day of your life, you know, the day that you say, I remember the day I went to Disneyland or my, my wedding day. And you yeah. say, tell me, how many cars did you pass on the road to the, to the church on your wedding day? You know, you know what was playing on the radio you know vast chunks of our lives you drove over here today you right. can't remember anything about that drive i was i was actually i was doing this rap over and over again that i wrote yesterday just like 
because it I, when I'm when I'm rapping something I memorized it, it feels I feel very in the moment and I think that's what's addictive about for me making music or doing art of any sort is like I'm engaged in the moment outside of that I'm never engaged in the moment and now that I'm not in school but what's weird is even if, if you're engaged in this moment right right now right yeah so so here we are we're to, we're present with each other right and you know then it will be difficult for you to stay focused on the time you spent with your girlfriend six years ago. Yeah, but I, I guess, yeah, no, it will be. I guess it's not so much about like, oh crap, I, I don't remember things clearly. But it's like, that's a blur and today will be a blur and it's like everything, but like the future is the clearest thing, but it never actually comes. And I don't know, I just, it's starting to feel like I'm, this is just gonna go really fast. I think it's just dawning on me because I'm not in school anymore. It's dawning on Fitz. Like we're not we're not in school, so we're not dreading the next day. We're not like, oh, I I can't wait till I graduate. I can't. Now it's just sort of life, and it's just going really fast already. Well, you know, he, let me let me let me slow you down because okay, if you were like if if we walked down the street together, right? With you know, and I said, focus on the. Focus on the, the trees. Right. We w- would have one walk. If I said, focus on the sounds, we would have a different walk. If I said, focus on the people that you see, right. different walk. You know, focus on the, the, the cars. Like, depending on what you're looking for, you'll have a very different experience of the same walk, right? Yeah. In some sense, like, life is a long walk. And one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, what are you going to look for? Are you going to, what are you going to measure? What, how are you going to keep score? How are you going to count? How are you, how are you going to recall what you did? Like, are you going to think in terms of the relationships I had? Are you going to think in terms of the things, I, the, the places that I was, the right. colors? Like, what are you focused on? Because I don't think it's possible to be aware of every aspect of every situation that you're going through. No, but I, it's hard to choose your focus. Like, what am I focused on? I'm focused. I want people to think I'm cool. I want girls to think that I'm headed toward financial stability. I want people to think I'm a talented art. Like, ev- all I really want is like people to have positive thoughts about me. And even if they're having them right now, I, like, it, it's not really granting me any fulfillment. So, like. I'm having a little bit of a crisis of like, regardless of like, how, how do I just switch my focus? How do I just, okay, now what, what, what should I focus on? What should I focus on outside of my own reputation? Okay. So like here I am a secular humanist who used to be an evangelical Christian. So one of the questions I ask myself a lot, having made that transition yeah, is what's different, you know, like, is my focus really that different? I mean, you've known me on both sides of that divide. Like, right. I don't think I'm that different. Okay. So I asked myself, like, when I was a Christian, was I really focused on pleasing God? Was I really focused on supernatural experiences? You don't think so? You don't think you were focused on God and supernatural experiences? You know what I think I was focused on? I think I was focused on making a difference in the lives of other people. And God was a tool for me or a, a means that that way of thinking was the way I framed it. Yeah. 
but if I ask myself, like, what mattered to me about being a Christian? What was I trying to accomplish? Right. It wasn't about getting to heaven, and it wasn't about winning souls. It was always about here's a person who's struggling. Can I make it? Can I? Can I do something that makes a difference in their life? Right. I think that 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 was probably the case for you, but it, it was probably because you didn't t- ever totally buy it. At whatever point you actually think there's a hell. If you're focused on anything but stopping people from burning for eternity, you're an asshole. If you think it's real, what like what you're gonna fo- like? No, I just want them to enjoy this day. I want them to smell the flowers. Don't worry about the eternal hellfire that awaits them. Right. Like, and the fact can, the fact that I was focused on people's here and it now means you didn't believe it. Means I wasn't yeah fully like I, it, on a visceral level. Yeah, it wasn't it, there. It wasn't, the fear wasn't yeah, there. No. But what I would say is like that's always been it for me. Yeah. Is wanting to matter. Right. Wanting to make a difference. And it's funny because when, you know, I was, I was joking with somebody about like wanting to make a difference. And they were like, oh, it's easy to make a difference in other people's lives. Just get in your car and, run into and start them. running people yeah. over. You'll make a huge difference. You'll, <laughs> you'll transform their families. Yeah. You'll transform their whole futures and everything. And then I, <laughs> I, obviously I want to make a positive difference much, much more difficult to right. do. But then, I mean, you the only difference you can guarantee you're making, positive or negative, mm-hmm. is momentary. Because the fact that you invited someone out for lunch and made that lunch fantastic for them, for all you know, you just altered the course of their life so they're going to die in a horrible fire later. Like you can't actually make a long-term, you can't guarantee a long-term positive effect because you don't know the future. All you, So I guess what, are we... You, I guess we're playing the percentages here, but I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a percentage guess that when I help a kid out of poverty and into college, well, that's the, that no. perchance his life will be better than if he had stayed in the street gang. That's the thing that makes this conversation interesting is that you don't know you don't know what long term effect you're having ever. You have absolutely no control over anything, and like that's where I am. I don't feel control over anything, and I so like. And the, when I hear your worldview, I'm glad you're not in control of anything. Look, it's I, and I don't hope to control anything. Like, cause I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't have a, I don't have the same clear vision you seem to have of like, here's what we should be doing. And here's why it's valuable to me. The fact that other people feel so differently than you with just as much certainty. It's sort of like, I guess I'm not talking about certainty. It's just observation, observational that making a difference in other people's lives like seeking to love somebody right makes me feel good so it's just it's i guess it's a form of humanistic hedonism where i'm like i'm evolved to enjoy caring about other people right being in loving relationships some people are i get you could use the term evolved to derive pleasure from causing suffering yeah yeah that's true is that are they are they broken from my from my subjective position they are broken like from where i sit of course they are right but you do use your subjective position of like here's how people should be according to you only one i've got right what's the alternative to my subject subjective position i mean of course yeah everything right of course everything is going to be subjective but it's about how we frame our subjective view. But you know, even like I look around at like social animals and in general, social animals thrive and survive by cooperating. And that's where these inclinations for reciprocal altruism and compassion and forgiveness and all these things, they all flow out of 
the lived experience of social animals working stuff out. Bonobos care about each other. Right. Dogs care about each other. And tear other animals to shreds without any guilt. Sure, because there's in-group, out-group. There's all sorts of stuff going on there. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess what, so as a humanist, you're saying like, yeah, our group should be humans. We shouldn't subdivide subdivide within the group I, of I, humans. No, I'll even subdivide in the group of humans. I care much more about you right. than I care about some child in Africa. I, I know like I know the television ad for Compassion International wants me to care about that child as much as you. Right. But the reality is I, I, I'm I'm biologically programmed to care more about you. Right. You know, and I think it's a good thing. And actually when I encounter parents who seem not to care about their kids more than my kid, yeah. it troubles me. I'm like, I, no, no, you're supposed to care about your kid. I'm supposed to care more about my kid. I think it's just because you have such great kids that it draws their attention away from their own. So I guess what, what I'm saying is like you say, what should matter? Like, like as I walk down the street of life, what should I be looking for? Yeah. And I can't tell you. All I can tell you is I can tell you what matters to me. And I can tell you what matters to me is I get off on feeling like I made a difference in other people's lives positive in a positive way. Yeah. Right. Like that makes me happy. And... You know, I think, I think on some level, like I, you know, when I tell stories about, you know, and, and, and when I tell stories about like when we lived in Cincinnati, when I first got there, I think I probably had some illusions about like I was going to make an impact on people's lives in terms of getting them out of poverty, getting them jobs, getting them off of drugs. Right. By the, by the end of the time I was there, I knew better than to think I could really reshape a lot of lives there people there so a lot of the people I encountered were like broken beyond repair yeah and so all of a sudden my focus became like can I give this kid a good afternoon can I will this hug make this person feel loved in this moment and that was even that felt meaningful to me to make a difference in the moment right and 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 and, and you know when I look at you I go like does is that not enough for you is it not enough for me I I don't I don't know I don't know how to define enough in this context. Like is it enough to make me feel happy and fulfilled? Like I don't know. I don't I am not yet familiar with the experience of prolonged fulfillment. Like I sort of have moments here and there. And some of the moments where I feel at peak experience have been like when I used to mentor a kid. Yeah, those were some of the best moments. Like, you know, throwing a football with him and knowing he's having a great time. Other great moments have been like being drunk at a club and my favorite song comes on and like I'm dancing very sexually with a girl and I'm feeling fantastic, completely engaged in the present moment. And other great experiences have been, I've been like on psychedelic drugs and it's been a beaut seen beautiful things. Or I've been like making a song in which we're talking about debauchery. Like I'm, I'm not saying that being good to other people isn't one reliable path to peak experience it's one of many in my in my experience and other peak experiences i've had probably from your perspective would conflict with the value system that allows you to arrive upon helping other people as the be all end all of and I don't meaning say, I, I i don't want to say it's the be here's what i'm going to say i'm not going to say that helping other people is the be all end all yeah what i'm going to say is and this sound you know to quote my my hero robert ingersoll right the only good is happiness. The time to be happy 
is now. Happiness the, is not a thing. Happiness is like a, it's a feeling. That's like a deep sense of well-being. Maybe, however you say. It. But what I'm saying is like Ingersoll was like the thing. The thing is to be happy. You're going to die. You have a very brief period of time of consciousness, right. and then you will you will pass into non-existence. Right. And the question is, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? that brief moment and the only thing that makes sense to me is to try to enjoy it and make the most of it the reason I help people or the reason I want to try to help people yeah. is because that seems to me to be the most reliable way you want to help certain to be people ha- though you don't right. want like you want to help people do things that you think they should do like but I'm saying if we're talking about happiness is all that matters like I know it seems like um, you know pointing at a such a small sect of society, but like serial killers do pose a problem to this philosophy because they like to kill people, and it makes them happy. And are we like, well, th- that's not real happiness because it's scary. Like, no, I mean, I think that you know you get into some basic ethical dilemmas where you say, you know what, your happiness can't infringe upon somebody else's happiness. Or it can't infringe on my happiness. Right. And so, you know, society basically says, listen, serial killer, if that's what makes you happy, that so, doesn't but, but work it's numbers for the rest then. of us. So, so, it's a, so really how we define how valid happiness versus invalid happiness is how many of us derive happiness from a certain thing. Because we are... We are inf- Absolutely, because we're a pack animal. Right. And basically what the, the we've evolved in such a the reason we our genes are around yeah. and other people other other non-existent people's genes are not around is because our genes figured out we need to do what works for this group and yet we're destroying the environment well uh, that's i mean that's a whole no totally yeah i, I just other story no but uh, lit, all i'm doing here i know it sounds like you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, you're to asking everything. a serious question. Like, what well, makes life meaningful? Well, yeah, but it's not even like there's not one thing you're saying that I'm like, oh, I, I object to this. And it's not like, oh, I think your philosophy is deeply flawed. In particular, to me, every philosophy is like equally flawed. I, I just, I never get that feeling that I see other people get, and I see you get that I'm jealous of. That feeling of like, ah, like I've arrived. This is. I figured you're t- out you're 22 years old. No, I know, you but shouldn't like, have you shouldn't have that feeling. But it almost feels like I don't know who was it Socrates that said he who knows he does not know is wiser than he who thinks he knows. And from where I'm standing right now, I hope I do arrive at a mental space where I feel like th- these are my values, these are my principles, and I live by them. And you're not going to be able to shake me away. But right now, it seems like the arrive like that's a necessity more than an actual philosophically honest. Conclusion. I don't know about philosophically honest. I'm, I'm, I remember I was just reading this book, um, Death by Black Hole, uh-huh. by Neil deGrasse Tyson, and at one point he it's it's a series of essays about kind of the wonder of the universe and 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 also kind of the fun stuff about like this is what would happen if you actually got sucked into a right. black hole. Um, but at one point he says he's talking about sort of philosophies, and he says, "Listen, my philosophy is do what works." That that on some level he's looking for. What works? And so when you look at an older person and you say like, wow, that guy seems like he's really figured out the one true, he thinks he knows the one true philosophy. I don't know that that's the case. I think sometimes you look at somebody like me and maybe I I say, you seem like you know what you think. And I go like, I just know what works for me. 
and and when I when I see somebody who's thriving in some other lifestyle, right. I tend to leave that alone. When I see somebody that's struggling, when somebody who feels isolated or somebody who, who, who complains that their life feels empty or mean, that's when I go to that person and say, listen, I can't tell you what's true for everybody, right? but you might want to try this thing. It's really it's worked out for, for me. me. Yeah. I guess I just have yet to find the school of thought that works for me for any extended period of time. Like I, I feel like I have well, these... and, and, and just to be honest with you, like the... D- the degree to which I was willing to, to, let's say, delay gratification or to sacrifice my own short-term happiness for the longer-term happiness of watching another person thrive. Right. When I was 22 and really just wanting to get laid, mm-hmm. my focus my, was different. Like, I had this one voice screaming in my ear, like, Find a partner, find a partner, find a partner. And so, you know, you say like, well, gosh, at 50, are you suggesting that because like your libido has slowed down and your metabolism is slower, that it's easier for you to like stay focused on on something that maybe might seem a little bit more altruistic? Like, yeah, of course. Right. Of course it is. Like it's, you know, like at that phase in life, there's, it's all about like me, me, what my future, what's happening with me? Yeah. That's that's, like, like, like sometimes you seem incredible. Like sometimes when you'll, when you'll call me and talk about like, this is what's happening in my music and this is what I'm writing and this is what I'm thinking and this is what's going, you know, at the end of the call, I think you sort of go like, dang, I must sound so narcissistic. And I'm hanging up going like, he's appropriately narcissistic. Like he's 22 trying to figure out his life. Of course, of course the conversation's all about you. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel narcissistic oftentimes, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I think about anything anymore. I'm kind of lost. I like, I like to have conversations about philosophy because there's like no concrete conclusions, but I'm telling you on a day to day basis, how I feel about my music changes, how I feel about my relationship with women changes. It's all always changing at it. And you can say, oh, you're 22, but I don't know. Other people seem to at least be able to carry on the facade well you know I think they're, I mean when I was 22 it was really easy because I had adopted lock stock and barrel an evangelical Christian worldview that, yeah no that I never had that every question for me I've so never like, had who religion. are you supposed to sleep with I will tell you well that's why what it's difficult honestly when I like go out with a girl or I hang out with a new friend it, it's, it feels almost like you know how veterans they often are only comfortable around other people that have seen combat like if people have any sort of like get any sort of peace from a spiritual worldview or religion. Like I, it's all, it's like a wall. It's like, I can't relate because my identity issues seem strange to them or seem like, Oh, he's, he's unstable. He's mentally unstable, which I like from their perspective, I must seem because I'm not like that. A girl looked at me the other night and was like, so you're telling me you don't believe in anything outside of like just what you experience material reality yeah and it like she the way she asked it was so it was it made me feel like wow like I I seem crazy to people I like uh, most people even if they feel that way they're not willing to say that and I want I don't know should I stop saying that because I've said that to a lot of people like yeah I don't believe I don't know I don't really believe in anything well you know it's funny because 
the reason I call myself the humanist chaplain at USC and not the atheist chaplain or the skeptical chaplain or the agnostic chaplain is because to me, humanism says not only I don't believe in supernatural stuff, yeah. but that I'm committed to building a more loving and more positive world. Because it's practical. Because you're like this... Whatever, if this is right or wrong, it's working. I like it, and, and, and I, it makes me happy. That's what you're saying, right? It's not like, it's not a cosmic truth. It's a day-to-day practical approach to feeling good. The universe doesn't care. Like th- th- that's the thing. Like that's the conclusion I came to. Is like if you study cosmology and you study, like there's no objective meaning to be found out there it's not coming like there's no there's no moral code like written on venus and if you can just decipher it like the universe is just random it's all this crazy stuff going the meaning is is what you create like that's the wonder of it all is that you evolved into a creature that that survives by making meaning so would you say just don't question that i mean question to figure out what you want your meaning to be but like accept that there do you think the first step is accepting there's no objective meaning like would you is that the basis on which you would advise people to build their personal life philosophies is like just know you're there's nothing to find outside of yourself when it comes to what's right and wrong here's the okay i'm almost there but here's here's the thing I don't believe that you alone can create meaning because I think that meaning is derived from relationships. That more meaning has to do with morality. Right. And morality emerges only in social relationships. There is no there is if there is no individual Morality. Morality is how I, how I am relative to you, how I am relative to the world, how I am relative to future generations. Right. It's always me in relationship. So what I would say is that the first step is acknowledging that that there's no objective meaning that's going to be like dropped down on you through some scripture or through some mathematical principle. Like that meaning is something that we create together mm-hmm. and we are a species that does it i don't even think we're the only species i i think that my standard of meat by my standard of meaning bonobos probably have meaning they grieve the death of their loved ones they the, dogs have meaning and, and, and you know in tr- dogs under care about things i think meaning is something that's derived by sentient beings in community does that make any sense it does. So I think when you say to me, like, what's the first step? I think that I'll, give you this, I'll give you the first and the second step. The first, one, well, would you say, one, you have to make the philosophical leap that other people are even conscious because there's no way to prove that. And I know that sounds like, oh, what are you talking about? But, like, that's the kind of stuff I'll think about where I'll be like, how do I know this isn't all some sort right. of... And that's and that's where I, what I would say is when I was studying philosophy and, and especially when I was a Christian, you know, I was big into Soren Kierkegaard and he would right. always talk about the leap of faith. And what I would say is that even for a secularist, there are some leaps of faith. Maybe it's a leap of faith to say, I think that the other person 
actually has a consciousness and is not simply a extension of my own consciousness. You know, it's kind of like the, I believe I'm not in the matrix. Wait, and, and regardless of what I believe, I function that way. And that's all I'm saying is that the leap of faith says, listen, even if I can't prove this, yeah. I'm going to live as though it's true. Yeah. And I don't think you can empirically prove that other people exist. The only thing you can empirically prove is that you're conscious. Right. And you can only prove that to yourself. Like, you know you're conscious. Right, I think, therefore. The fa- I, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah right. So our experience is that we're, we're social beings and that our meaning is derived in relationship to one another. And so I think that the first step in figuring out what matters or what's meaningful or what, what the purpose of it all is, is just to go like, it's not out there. It's among us. It's between us. Meaning is between us. Mm. We impose meaning on the world collectively. And the second step, the second step for that is, right. for you, I'm, I'm just looking at you. Yeah, yeah. 22-year-old kid, I'm going like, this is a pastoral care moment. This is a dad, a dad loving his son moment. And just uh-huh. going like, the second thing, step I would say is, is that not knowing what it is or not being settled on it, that what, you want to know what's consistent? You say, I change my mind every day. No, you don't. The one thing that is true of you every single day is, that you want to come up with an answer to that question. And that is enough to, to, to establish your, your identity with me. If somebody says to me, is your son's identity consistent? I go like, yes, he is consistently hungry yeah. for meaning. Yeah. I, 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 can I just stop you right there? Because like, I don't know, this podcasting, I don't know how this shit works. I really don't. Um, I don't know how long you're supposed to talk. Like, if you're, you know, for those of you, if how you long be- have we been talking? I don't know. I have no idea. If you become a fan of this podcast, you know, you will probably see that it gets a lot better than this one. But for this one, uh, what that's, I, what that's I quite say a is, jab. No, no, I don't mean. I just no, mean just, like yeah, technically, right, you know, right, learning yeah, the yeah. skills, the the begin, the intros, the outros, and stuff. But like as 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 a, as a friend of yours, as a, as your dad, yeah, I'm like, we can stop this conversation right now because that's, you know, what I want to say to you is that it's enough to understand that you must create meaning for yourself in the context of your relationships, number one. And number two is, is that even if you haven't yet gotten there, as long as you are hungry for meaning, as long as you're trying to figure it out, like I want to say, oh, you're a consistent human being. I know you. I know, I, like, I can count on you. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, isn't everybody? And No, not everybody is trying to answer the question. Not everybody, not everybody is, is interested in trying to figure out what makes their life meaningful. And so I'm, you know, you say, are you proud of your son? Yeah, I'm, I'm pr- yeah you're a musician. I'm proud of you. Are you you're, you're, you're smart. I'm proud of you. But like what I'm really proud of is that you want to figure out what makes your life meaningful and 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 i'm i'm con i'm convinced that when you come up with a working answer that you'll pursue it mm. that you'll pursue life on that basis and that's enough for now for this podcast that's enough but also it's just enough to be a 22 year old man at that place in your life yeah that's helpful to know that i'm at least being perceived as more consistent in my approach to life than I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that somebody that's trying on 57 shirts right. 
and you go like, man, that guy can't make up his mind. And you go like, oh no, he's made up his mind. Well, he's I, looking for a good shirt. Right, yeah. No, my best tweet ever that people seem to respond to was uh, said, you know, sometimes I wake up and I have no idea who I am. Then I remember I'm that guy with identity issues and I feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. and, th and that's kind of what we're saying here. Right, totally. I didn't want to do a podcast until people convinced me that this was the best way to communicate my vision of secular goodness to the world. Right. And and I, I think like what I'm trying to do, and I don't know if I'll get there, how, fa how long it'll take me to get there, but is not to do a podcast where I talk about secular goodness, mm -hmm. but rather a ta podcast where we talk about life through the lens of... Like that's just the where you start the conversation. Yeah, where you're like, you come at the conversation, you're like, I am a person who is filled with awe and wonder at the universe, who thinks that the point of life is to, to, to the, the, or, or the, the, who has decided life, that his point of right, life will that what be. What makes life meaningful is, yeah. is building loving relationships and working for social justice and yeah. trying to make the world better. And let's talk about frogs from that perspective, or let's talk about, wait, wait, wait can we do that? From I wanna, that let's try frogs right now. We're talking about podcasts. And I guess what I'm saying is like, I didn't want to do a podcast, but then yeah. we, I, what I happened was people said, no, this is, a medium that enables you to do that. So I started listening to these podcasts like Joe Rogan yeah. or On Being with Krista Tippett or Hardcore History. And I was uh -huh. like, this is freakishly compelling. Like, almost anyone when I get. lose. I think no matter how advanced technology gets, human beings will always be intrigued by, by other, other observing conversations. Other people's conversations. Yeah, it's sort of like a the intellectual version of watching a fight. Even if it's not an aggressive debate, it's sort of like just witnessing, it, it's like watching yourself in a way. I don't know, I think there's something, like what would I, when I'm listening to a podcast, yeah. I'm always asserting my own points in my mind the same way when I used I, I, That's to, why it frustrates me sometimes to watch when people, I'm like, say this. Say this, oh, in debates? Yeah. Always. And I, but you know, that like, I, I'm sure if I listen back to myself, it's like, oh, why aren't you saying it? But there's some, you know, you're in the moment, it's just a very different, yeah. di very different feeling. Totally. All right, listen, before we go, since you are a Hollywood musician, writer guy, like at least throw out this stuff so if people want to see what you look like or what you sound oh, you, like. Okay, if you want to know what I sound like and the kind of music I make, go to soundcloud.com and type in Roman Music Official. Um, that's, if you find that interesting, the, uh, the links to my other social media are on that site so yeah. there you go that's one stop, one stop shop one stop shop hey and for you know for me if you listen to this podcast you've probably figured out that barcampola.org is the place to find me and I'd love to hear from you if, if it, you know if this if it hits you or if it misses you either way let me know what's going on um, and I'll see you next time on the wonderful podcast. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on this. You, you may think this is hokey, Roman, but like, I feel like at the end of the podcast, I'm supposed to say, say something like, have a great day or go get them. But instead, what I want to say is stay wonderful. I like that. Cause what would you used to say? You used to say, keep the faith, keep the faith. Yeah. So keep, keep the wonder. Maybe I'm and stay, it, keep yeah. wonder. Just keep, was keep that wondering. what you said? Yeah. Stay, you I, stay wonderful. Stay full of wonder. But like some people that are listening for the first get time, wonderful. they're like, I know, yeah, get wonderful. There you go. Yeah, That's I like get it. wonderful. All right, me? people. You feel me? Get wonderful. We'll see you later.